0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound
1: the battle cry.
0: Two men, 15 minutes, oh, eternal impact. Welcome standard. to Text Talk. I
1: for the Lord. Gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone,
0: rest your Happy birthday cause to Merida. Happy birthday, birthday to Marita. Marita. Happy, happy birthday, birthday dear, dear Marita. Marita. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to Marita. Marita. <laughs> and <laughs> well, many more. Lots and lots. <laughs> yeah, thank you for helping me wish Marita a happy birthday here on March 3rd. It is her birthday as we move that man. Again, third month of the year already 2022 is just flying by a lot of birthdays and and we (laughs) i I will tell you as we have these daily conversations it really does mark the progression of the year for me i'm always amazed yeah it's going quick but uh i hope marie has a wonderful birthday we appreciate her so much i hope she does also and I want us to keep talking about Matthew chapter 26. That's the other thing that kind of marks it. Here we are, 26 chapters. We're reading one chapter a week, mm-hmm. and we've we've covered 26 of them now. Mm-hmm. Almost done with this book. Mm-hmm. So what I'm
1: going to read today, and I've got the New King James Version here open in front of me, Matthew 26, 47 through 56, and We uh, where we left yesterday in the conversation, Jesus and the disciples, they were praying in the garden. And Jesus said, Let us rise, be going, see, my betrayer is at hand. Verse 47, And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude, with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one, Seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, "'Friend, why have you come?' Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, "'Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels?' How then could the Scriptures be fulfilled, that it must happen thus? In that hour Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber, with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. But all this was done, that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled."
0: You remember earlier in the night he quoted a prophecy and said the shepherd will be struck and the disciples or and the sheep will flee. Yes. Sheep will be scattered. scattered yeah. I think it's I, I think it's probably on purpose that here Matthew has Jesus saying this is the scripture being fulfilled and then it tells us about the sheep mm. scattering. Mm-hmm. It, it's that call back to say, hey, see I told you. Here's here's what the scripture yeah. said. You're you're doing it now. And they all went and they all fled. They all left. They all fled. We actually kind of uh, broached this whole scenario the other day as we were talking about Peter and his commitment and his sincerity. I know that for a long time, I think I really missed it about Peter,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I, I, I did. I viewed it as he made this statement, and in just an hour, he's like, in just a couple of hours, he's just completely abandoned it. Right. And yet, what we see here, now Matthew doesn't reveal this. We've got to go to the Gospel of John to know that this particular disciple is Peter. Mm-hmm. But really, even in the context of Matthew, all the disciples said, we're not going to flee, we're ready to die. Sure, sure. And so even in Matthew, when we don't know who the disciple is, the point is still there that these disciples had made this commitment. We are ready to die with you. But Mm -hmm. here in just a moment, they're going to flee. But actually what we see is at least one of the disciples, again, we know from John that it's Peter, really was ready to die. He's ready to duke it out. He's ready to Mm -hmm. battle. He's ready to strike swords. He's ready to attack. He's ready to be attacked. He's here's the Messiah. And and
1: against overwhelming odds we're told that this is a mob of people with swords and
0: clubs and they only had two swords right is what we know from other texts yeah they they have two swords and he's ready to go after it i mean overwhelming Mm -hmm. odds the the chances are we're going to be in this battle and i'm going to die but i am ready so one of the first things here's the other mistaken notion i had i don't know why but as a kid it's like i always pictured peter is actually aiming for the ear Uh, Like, like it's a surgical strike. Let me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out and I kind of tentatively, and I slice off the ear like with a scalpel, but no, this is what's, what's likely happening is Peter is aiming for his head. Yeah. And either Peter flinches because he's probably never killed anybody. And that's just a really awful hard thing to do. Or the guy dodges. Yeah. And instead of whacking him in the middle of the head, he ends up cutting off this guy's ear. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, I
1: think you're right. I think you remember that Peter, uh, fisherman though he was, is is different than a soldier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so you start swinging a sword, and and that's what happened. And of course, John's gospel also records the name of the servant Malchus, Malchus. Mm-hmm. and that Jesus healed the ear. He actually performs a miracle here uh, while he still has the free use of his hands. Yeah, which I think all oh, that would be very disorienting to Peter as well. Yeah, you know, I I think about um, uh, Uriah had to go and to fight, and the word was to Joab, pull back all the forces so that he's in the heat of the battle. Mm-hmm. What happens to Uriah when he's the only one fighting in the middle of the fight? That's the end of Uriah. I think Peter's got a moment like that. All right, let's jump in. Let's go to fight. Nobody's with him. Jesus isn't even with him, you know, and in fact, Jesus is correcting him
0: and healing the fella, Right. And I th-
1: I see why Peter's fleeing right there.
0: Well, it's hard for me to fathom exactly how all of this played out, because I got to think as Peter draws his sword, as he goes to attack, everybody else there with swords and clubs is has got to be getting ready to react and mm-hmm. respond. And so Jesus does something. That calms this down. And then, of course, he does heal the ear. Yeah. He, he's got this time. It's not in the middle of pitched battle that he right. does it. It's right, Somehow Jesus stops this from escalating, as it would naturally have done. Mm-hmm. He, he stops this from escalating. He heals the ear. And then he says to Peter to put his sword away, those who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or as, by we've, the sword. as I grew up hearing it, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. right. And okay, so back up to, to giving Peter his props and his due, he was ready to die with the Lord, just like he said. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. issue is not that Peter was unprepared to die with the Lord. The issue was that Peter was prepared to die by the sword
1: mm-hmm. with
0: the Lord. He was not prepared to surrender and just let them kill him. By the cross, right? He was prepared to die in battle. You know what? You're the king. You're the Messiah. I will do whatever it takes, and if I have to die in battle Mm -hmm. to get you on your throne, I'll do that. That'll be a great sacrifice. I will happily die so that you can be king. But when Jesus stops it and he just goes with them and he just lets them take him, Peter is confused. What is this about? I don't understand. This is not what I thought was going to happen. I remember when the Lord uh, was
1: talking with his disciples, they were arguing amongst themselves about who was the greatest. And I believe it was on the occasion when actually the mother of James and John were asking that the that the boys get on the right hand and the left. And he he contrasts his kingdom with the kingdoms of men, the kingdoms of the Gentiles, all about authority and, and uh, you know, everyone must serve them. And he said, my kingdom is not that way. The greatest among you will be servant of all. I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give myself or uh, give my life as a ransom for many. Uh, And we see that happening now in this moment. Peter might be interpreting this as, oh, no, the kingdom is thwarted. No, no, no. This is how the Lord's kingdom works. He must give his life. He must be servant of all. But this is actually triumphing in the kingdom of Christ in Peter's mind this looks like defeat
0: like it's getting killed in the crib right in the infancy yeah the the way we have victory is we flex we fight mm-hmm. we kill but jesus says that's not how my kingdom has victory my kingdom has victory by laying down that's right surrendering and giving up and being killed Look, if you take the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to take the cross. But guess what ends up happening when you take the cross? You die by the cross. You die by
1: the cross. You lose your life
0: to save it. Yeah. Well, good point. (laughs) Lose your life to save it. And and again, now we get to another thing that I think I've misunderstood about this. I have thought that Jesus was trying to save life here. You know, if you take the sword, you'll end up getting killed. Mm Mm-hmm. He's not. He's actually talking about how we live and how we die. Mm-hmm. He, he's not saying, Peter, you're going to live because you're not going to take up the sword. But he's saying you're going to die because you take up the cross. Mm-hmm. So rather than dying in pitched battle as you try to promote the kingdom through military might, right? what you're going to do is you're going to promote the kingdom through the cross. Mm-hmm. And that gets back to what we pointed out the other day. Peter's having some struggle tonight. Sure. He's, he's, he's having some struggle maintaining this commitment tonight because he's finding out that what he thought dying for the Lord would look like is very different than what it really is. Mm-hmm. But in the end, he really does keep his commitment. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. John, let me see here, at the end of the Gospel of John, when Jesus calls oh, Peter yeah, right, back, yeah. mm-hmm. he actually foretells this. He points out to Peter that he is going to come back. Let me just flip over here. Let's see, in John chapter 21, when he's asking him around the the fish, do you love me more than these? Here's what he says. This is John 21, verse 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. I will tell you, when you just read that out of out of the context of Peter's life and experience, it's kind of an odd recruitment speech. Yeah, Follow yeah. me, here's how you'll die. Mm-hmm, but when mm-hmm. we realize that Peter had made a commitment, I'll die for you, and when he found out what that really looked like, he did not keep the commitment, mm-hmm. and he's gone out and he's weeping and he's mourning, and Jesus says to him, look, you follow me, and that commitment you made, yeah. I'll get you there. Yeah, You follow me, you'll keep that commitment. It really is a great speech for Peter and where he is. One of the things I see here as well is that earlier in the chapter,
1: Peter was um, arguing with the Lord, trying to refute the Lord about this business of people fleeing and forsaking. Uh, I see that protesting even stronger, that he's the one that takes up the sword and is now swinging away. And, And Jesus also points out, no, Peter, you are still going against the word, and you are going against the will of the Father, he explains to him that the Father would send legions of angels to stop all this right now. It's it's not that we don't have the firepower. It's, right. It's not that we don't have the army that we need. It's that, that that's not what this army is for. That's not what this night is about.
0: Uh, and and Peter has to see that. I beg of you, Paul writes, that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Mm -hmm. There's Paul coming alongside this whole principle. In our kingdom, the weapons of warfare are not fleshly weapons. We're not military and politics. It's truth, truth, sacrifice, service, and, and bringing those thoughts into submission.
1: One other thing real quick, and I'll just say this, that this is all in God's plan so that Jesus can be the sinless sacrifice. And there are some things happening here in this chapter underscoring his sinlessness. He tells them, I was with you every day. I was teaching among you. Why are you coming out to me like this? right? That there's a betrayer, you're coming in the dead of the night, you're coming with this mob. All of this to demonstrate that he has done nothing wrong, no crime, nothing deserving of any of this. He is the sinless
0: son of God, now going about drinking the cup that the father had prepared for him. And he's going to drink it, and because he does, we have salvation. Let's go ahead and wrap this up as we process this and think about how we're going to live and die. Holy God, Thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who lived at the cross, who died by the cross, who on the third day was resurrected. We pray, Father, that you would help us because so often I am like Peter, ready to die and battle for you, but so unwilling to simply lay down my life and surrender, allowing others to trample it and to take it and to just go to the cross that they might see your grace and your glory. Father, I pray, and it's hard for me to pray this whether in life or in death, I pray that you would help me, help Andrew, help everyone who's listening to bring glory to you, even if we have to do it the way Peter did, by being taken someplace we don't want to go and having someone else dress us and lead us where we don't want to go. Help us, Lord, to live and die for you. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today.